happy October, all you Holly weirdos. We decided to start this spooky season with our friend Tim Roddy of the Tim Roddy podcast. Now, Tim Roddy had asked us to come on his podcast so we can be interviewed by him, another spooky brother from another mother. And if you remember back in the day, he was the one that covered the haunted Beverly Center Mall. Yes, that was all him in part one and part two. And it was so fitting to start this spooky season and with our friend, Tim Roddy of the Tim Roddy podcast. He asks us the hard hitting haunted questions. Where are the most haunted places in Los Angeles or California for that matter? Are there such things as haunted Walmarts? And will Bryce ever visit and summon a Happy Meal demon in a haunted McDonald's? These are hard hitting haunted questions that you'll have to sit through and listen and most likely gather your crystals for so you know the drill sprinkle that circle of salt around you and if you don't have salt but you do have a salt lamp you might want to grab that and give it a few licks we're not judging because we're going to get holly weird with tim roddy of the tim roddy podcast Hi, Tammy. Hi, Bryce. How are you? Hi. Hello. We're doing very, very well. We're preparing. We're a week, what, almost a week away from officially being October the 1st. I don't know where September has to be. I don't know why it's in such a hurry, but it is bumping through. It, it is. It's so fast. Yeah, you're going to blink and we're going to be already stressing about the costumes that we should have had a month ago because it, it's already Truly. Been Halloween. Yeah. Truly. <laughs> Any updates? Do you guys have anything solidified? That's a right now, no. <laughs> so I just want to like credit Hallmark because they have obviously run like such a great campaign to get Valentine's to be as important in our society because all of my friends <laughs> are Scorpios. So not only is this like Halloween season for me, but all my Valentine baby friends who are now born in like October through the beginning of November, I have a birthday like every day of the month. Like, oh, that is too funny. So I like I did the like um, kind of a cop out. I like went to Target. I'm going to do other things as well. But I have my like fallback baseline. Like this is my Halloween costume sweatshirt. Worst case scenario. Uh, I've got a couple other ideas, but that one is like on lock for just in case everything falls through. Solid. <laughs> it's always yeah. good to put ahead. And it's on like a Tuesday this year, so it's like everyone is doing it all on the same weekend. Like, all right, we gotta we gotta coordinate. Like, this is too much. Oh, I forgot that it is on a Tuesday. Oh. October's gonna be chaos. It will be. Everybody, yeah, uh, the weekend before, everybody's gonna be yeah. celebrating that Saturday and Sunday before. So be prepared. Well, I'm so excited to talk to you guys today. Um, I have Tammy and Bryce here from Holly Weird Paranormal. Um, they've covered so much in terms of. <laughs> Supernatural investigations, the paranormal, TikTok, in-person investigations, so much. Um, and I want to just start from the beginning. Where did Holly Weird Paranormal begin? Well, it started in the basement. Rice <laughs> 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 was a small town boy with yeah, I was a you know aspiring to be a stylist, and I showed up on a doorstep in Hollywood with a steamer yeah. in my hand. That's yeah. <laughs> basically just watch um cats don't dance and it's like that it's just that whole <laughs> yeah it's fine uh no tammy and i used to work together 
uh, at an acting school in Hollywood. And I am the worst employee ever. I will say that on record, loud and proud. Uh, so I would like take breaks and like just basically wander around the school and like go chit chat with like all the girlies that I like. So I talk with like some people in like costumes and like the marketing department and like the directors. I just like kind of wander the school and you know, you just kind of chit chat about what's going on. And it was a pretty small school. So there's a lot of gossip. There's a lot of drama. Um, yeah. And eventually uh, it is also, you know, it's a very famous Hollywood historical school and institution. And it's on the old Charlie Chaplin, like grounds and bungalows. So it is like haunted and there's history. So you just kind of start chatting about those things. And Tim, I'm sure you like, you know how it is. Like you start bringing up like the weird, spooky kinds of things. You kind of like float it out to see like how people are going to respond. Like, oh, are you cool? Or are you going to like make fun of me? And then it kind of went from there. Yeah, the ones who are either hell yeah or stay away from me. It's like very really? bad. Exactly. And that's pretty much where it started for both of us. And people would always like I had workers that worked in the costume shop with me. It was like the costume shop was like the water cooler. We would gossip <laughs> and even share ghost stories. And then our students and my student workers would catch wind. They would overhear and chime in or they would just sit around and listen. And it's like by the time we were done talking, we just kind of look around. It was like this little audience of students, mm-hmm. uh, student workers around us, you know, just saying, oh, is that it? <laughs> oh, we're going to have to come back tomorrow at the same time to yeah. do the same <laughs> gossip and gab. Absolutely. But um, I mean, it also created a safe space for our students too at the time who were going through some pretty interesting experiences on these grounds. And that's pretty much what we where we thought, okay, let's do something with this. People love Hollywood, they love ghosts, and they love ghost stories. And as you expanded, um, what have you found is kind of a common theme? Why is Hollywood so haunted or Los Angeles, Southern California, this area? Have you got across? Rice. <laughs> Take it away. Have, I mean, honestly, your journalistic spidey senses must be tingling because that is like the question, in my opinion. Like, why Hollywood? And I think there's um, there's a very, you know, there's a quote that's like, if you turn the country on its end and shook it out, all of the crazies would shake out to Los Angeles. And I believe that in the best and worst sense of that, like we've all seen the current, like the crazy dark sides of LA, but it's also the artists and the dreamers. And we all just kind of end up here. Uh, And I think there's sort of like this romanticized obsession with Hollywood. There always has been. Um, I mean, it's, it's sort of this weird little oasis town in a desert. It's not real. Like it's, they are selling a dream and everyone wants a piece of it. So I think that's definitely the why of Hollywood is that like, as soon as you say some, I mean, you know how it is. And as soon as you say some of these like locations and people, people are like, tell me everything. Marilyn, tell me everything. Jane Font, like Jane, uh, I said Jane Fonda because I'm gay. Um, <laughs> Jane Mansfield. Yeah. Like, tell me everything. Like there's these like, huge stories that we all kind of know and are like aware of but then we really delve into them like people just can't get enough and we're right here in the heart of everything truly 
come across this is just kind of like a fun question through your investigations and through everything any energy epicenters in la or portals or hot spots have you guys oh my come god oh that? yeah the david omen house is one of them mm-hmm. I, I i mean there's ley lines yeah. yeah there's ley lines around there like i feel like a lot of it too has to do with a scientific explanation of of emf energy there in a natural sense, not so much in a paranormal sense, because throughout our journey, we've learned more that EMF can do wonders or some harm to the brain. And it could actually cause hallucination, you know, depending on how many milligausses are involved in that reading. And when it comes to David Omen, his house reading on the EMF scale was like two to 4,000 milligauss when the original reading of a decent reading of an EMF um, measurement is two to 400. Hmm. So it was like through the roof, through the scale. And even when my husband went there, you know, he's a skeptic. He's like, mm-hmm. I felt dizzy on this floor, but I feel like that's more to what is it? The E, the REM. I'm like the EMF. Mm-hmm. Yes. That. Give me the REM too. <laughs> that is my husband, guys. So yeah. he's like, but I feel like I'm sure that also can attract energy absolutely it can attract so many things but i don't think it's what people think it is like oh it's the ghost the um torn ghost of sharon tate and her her baby and and all the other victims that were a part of this horrific crime it's so much more like benedict canyon where david is located is filled with mysticism and many things that we can't explain and i think we always talk about that like LA is such an interesting city because it's so new in comparatively like the modern version of LA really like the post-war version of LA is such a new city but this area is not new like there have been people here for thousands of years so there's these weird little like layers of like energy Tim like you're saying history but because the entertainment industry is so transient this city is very good at like glossing over and building on top of but often what happens is that like when we go to these places or feel these things you have to start thinking like okay what happened here what is the land what is the history of this location what did it used to be before like when we were talking about when you were on our show like what did the beverly hills center used to be it wasn't a mall in the 1600s. Like, right. I mean, maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe they were really advanced, but we just have to like start asking these questions because it all bubbles up through. Like, we can pave over as much as we want, but the energy will not be denied. Yeah, exactly what you said. And considering how small the timeline is for um, just it being developed, you know, having buildings and infrastructure here. Most of the people that are here just don't seem to be like normal people living normal lives. Mm-hmm. A lot of big personalities, people who have these big wild dreams and aspirations. So there's so much energy there too. Really, mm-hmm. we always felt that at the school because it's like I after, so I went there as a student and then worked there. So I was there for eight years in total. After I was a student, they started doing like student housing on campus. They put like. 200 actors in a room together and we're like okay like make it work like that energy alone bred so much chaos like 
There was a ton of chaos. Good luck. Like, yeah. that is not, no, no. Yeah, there's a lot of students that had, you know, they were dealing with a lot of mental health problems, being away from home, you know, doing the this method of acting where it was like, I'm trying to step away from myself and, you know, trying to live the life of what, you know, so-and-so used to live. It's like, mm, I wouldn't do that, yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, they're almost in a way like natural conduits you know they're channeling so much energy through their art and their form and it did culminate something in those apartments slash dorms yeah do you believe it's still there today i believe it is um i know through one of my tiktok videos someone even reached out and said yeah i've heard some i go there recently i i you know i i'm in my second year and i stayed in the dorms for one year and we would hear stories of a shadow man so that shadow man is still there and yeah. will always be there just as long as there's more people there to feed into his energy. Yeah. Well, and I think there was, you know, it's very telling that like during COVID and through most institutions being virtual and shut down, there was not that much activity. And then, you know, a huge uptick once the students start coming back and it sort of mirrors like what we're seeing at these other places. Like when you're not there to like kind of stir the pot, frankly, of energy of the paranormal often it's just a reaction to the energy that they're being bombarded with as well or the energy that we bring to a space for example um so yeah sort of seeing it like in a post-covid era where they're like now back on campus like yeah that checks out okay okay <laughs> i could totally see that when it comes to different investigations that you guys have been on how do you interpret the energy do you, is there a certain way that you sense it in your body? Do you mm. consider yourself sensitive? And if so, in which ways have you guys had different experiences? Or does it vary? For me, it varies. But I mean, like some of the best researchers and investigators have mentioned to me, like the legit ones, even like going back to Hans Holzer, too, who is the godfather of paranormal research and investigation your body is your biggest tool because when you have all these instruments in your hand you're too busy giving those things energy that you're ignoring everything else around you and you're not even absorbing what whatever is out there is trying to communicate with you mm. but i was always told that that is your biggest tool is your body and when you know that something's wrong or something's in the room with you you listen to that it's not like just like you're walking into a random room you're walking into a room where there might had been some sort of incident or crime, something that has left a residue, but whatever is there can definitely awaken something inside of you. More like it's making you open yourself up to it than it opening itself up to you. It's yeah. just that. Bryce, would you say the same thing for you too? Well, I think Tammy is much more in tune or has like, what I will say is also has put in more work to be in tune I don't know what my body's doing like 90% <laughs> of the time. I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like, this seems fine. Like, you no, know, your leg is broken. Like, it's sticking out of your thigh. Like, what are you doing? Like, mm, I don't know. That's fine. Uh, so I would definitely balance with that. Like, we've been in many places where Tammy's like, oh, I'm feeling like this. And it corroborates with like a lot of people. And I just personally do not feel it like that. But it's just because I think, again, I'm kind of not super like, uh, my body doesn't just process it that way, I think. But on our last investigation, uh, we were kind of doing the Scooby-Doo, like let's split up and kind of like wander around. 
and we were with our good friend Tanya and her and I were just like chit chatting. Uh, and there was like a device on the table between us. And I was like, look, if I like look into the dark for something, I'm never going to see it. I, people can point me like, did you see that? And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe. So her and I were just talking just about anything. And the, the energy that was happening around us, they might as well have been like tapping me on the shoulder and been like, Hey, like, are you paying attention? Are you paying attention? Like, can you hear us? Can you see us? <laughs> I was like, I can't like process that. So I'm just going to keep talking. But like we would like we were feeling first of all, the, the device on the table was like going crazy. And she was just like very sweetly just like nodding like see, see, you're like, yes, I see. Thank you. Um, But we were like we were on a wooden stage and we could like feel the pressure of like a body walking around us on stage. We were like hearing noises and and I mean, it's an old theater for sure. So like it's going to be settling all the time anyway. But I think for me, because I'm a bit more, I would say skeptical, but open. Right. I can never like, if someone's like, do you see this? Like even we've had such like our listeners are so amazing. I'm sure, you know, like this community is so incredible. And like, they'll send pictures and be like, see, like, can you see it? And I'm like, I think I'm blind. I don't know if I see it or not. <laughs> But it's not because I don't believe or don't want to necessarily. I just, I don't know. Um, so I think Tammy processes it. She's so good at being like, what am I feeling? What can I dis Like, is the air on? Is there a car outside? Like, what can I, she approaches it so scientifically and trusts her gut so well. And I'm just kind of like along for the ride. I think. <laughs> it's a fun ride. <laughs> Because then you guys have a balance with it, too. Yes. That's what I always tell Bryce. Like, he's such a good balance because he's coming in, you know, as an open-minded skeptic. You know, there's sometimes people that come in and it's like they already, they yes. have a bias of the location. And all of a sudden now they're feeling these things that they read in other blogs or seen in videos. Yes, I'm feeling the sharp pain in my chest, kind of like mm -hmm. this person that was stabbed here, you know, yeah. 25, 50 years ago. And, you know, I've gone into places like I don't kind of feel that, you know, and then it mm. turns out like, well, the history of this place didn't show that this person was killed or stabbed in the chest. It was actually, you know, this that happened. So those are things that we also have to look into as well. But but yeah, going back to reading energy and allowing your body to be open to it. Yes. I always like to meditate before going into a space and, you know, allow whatever's there to share with me what happened or to kind of pick up on what the building is telling me. And when you guys are open, do you have any, any um, rituals or different things that you use in terms of protection, whether it's like crystals or affirmations or any way to kind of cleanse yourself after an investigation? Oh, man, I, um, I've been told I go in raw. <laughs> like, absolutely. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's that in it's like, oh, I need protection, but what are you protecting yourself from is the mm. big question. Um, it's this thing that I go back to of like, well, you know, do we do you believe in ghosts? Well, it's more of what ghosts are. What are ghosts? I think that mm. is the discussion we need to have. If these are things that you fear and you feel like you need protection, then I feel like that's an invitation for something bad to happen. And I do, you know, I, I say my little prayer. I'm like, okay, just like, because I fear the living more than I fear the dead. I've yeah. had more crazy things happen to me 
on one or two investigations from the living than I have from whatever spectral being is around us or supposedly around us. Mm-hmm. But I always tell people, if you want to feel better, then go in with a positive intention. If you want to feel good, bring in whatever necklace, cross, or beads or anything that you feel will protect you. Whatever makes you feel safe and comfortable. And always, you know, go in there with an open mind and a positive thought. And then afterwards, you know, do whatever ritual you feel is best. I always like to light my Palo Santo just to cleanse my own energy, to cleanse my own aura, and just to say thank you to my ancestor for always guiding Mm -hmm. me into the right spaces. So, you know, I don't think there is, like you said, a set way. And I think it's Mm. one to kind of feel out what is right for them. Yes. Really? Mm -hmm. Is there anything in terms of like Ouija boards or things that you would advise against? Or for the most part, you're pretty much just open to anything as long as you're in control of your own. Exactly. There's this weird Western mentality of demons and Ouija boards. And just now that has circulated all over the world, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's so funny. I saw this girl, I hate to say it, on YouTube talking down about the Ouija board. I used it when I was young and I had all these weird things happen to me. It was terrible. But then she, on another video, she goes on to use a um, a phone app called mm. the Necrophone to mm. speak to whatever the dead is around her, whatever dead person is around her. And mm. in the comments, I even mentioned, I was like, how is this different than using a Ouija board? Mm-hmm. It's still a divination tool. How is that different from using tarot cards? How is that different from using a pendulum? When you're asking the phone the same questions that you ask a Ouija board, give me a sign of your presence. There you go. You know, how is that different? So I don't think there's anything wrong or <laughs> negative about using a Ouija board. I've used it several times and nothing bad has happened to me. I know other people have had some pretty negative experiences. But they've also had some pretty negative experiences using um, a Simon Says game. And for those of you that don't know, um, if you've seen the device, the REM pod, Mm. the REM pod is the same device that is used in a Simon Says game. The same lights that come out, the same sensors, it's the same mechanism in that device. So here we are again you know we do we really know what we're using and do we know what we're really calling upon and yeah like i think that's what it comes down to is that like i personally would not use a ouija board which is just like my own history with it like i was raised very religiously and there are still weird holdouts of satanic panic that like logically as an adult i'm like yeah it's probably fine but i just don't want to like deal with that and more so so often it's because people don't use them they use them out of ignorance i think and again i am not the person to be judging other people i don't know what the hell i'm doing um but i also don't go in and being like i'm gonna open this ouija board and i'm gonna open a demon portal and then i'm gonna leave it open and like peace out and i I think often unfortunately that's what happens is people don't know what and how to use the devices that they are seeing and the versions that we are seeing even your favorite, look, big, no shade, but even your favorite like ghost hunting show, your favorite movie about exorcism or ghosts or whatever, at its core, it is entertainment. It is a show that is being produced. So 
what sells more if the ouija board levitates and like lights on fire that's good tv first <laughs> if you're then home alone in your basement you're like well i can do that too that ignorance and that like did you close it did you use it did you protect yourself while using it the ignorance of those things that we often run into is actually what i fear more and we've been very lucky like we know the best people like getting to be on your show like we just have gotten to meet like such amazing people like that that i trust i just wouldn't go into like a random sorority house and be like who's ready for the wingy <laughs> like no that's just not for me yeah actually that part sounds like fun because you'll I see what i know can you oh, imagine a paranormal just waving or fraternity? waving from the outside like hey girls <laughs> good luck it's too funny. Do you guys have any favorite like go-to equipment on an investigation besides your own senses? Ooh, I love using my K2 trip wire. It's like a Christmas light string. <laughs> it's a K2 meter, but it's in a wire form. And it's really cool because like instead of using the small device to read the EMF or to communicate or do a session with whatever's there, you have this big trip wire where you can like you know, laid in front of you and it's right in front of you is pretty, you know, clear as day. And um, especially if you go in a group, like people can see if something manipulates it. But another thing, another thing too, I love using is just a recorder. Like you just can bring a recorder. I would love to bring a, um, like a tape recorder. Mm -hmm. That is something I would love to see if something is imprinted on that carbon tape of that cassette. And I've, read some pretty good blogs about like the differences between a digital and just one of these like carbon um, based uh, tape recorders because people have actually captured some really interesting things on there but yeah. just about any recorder would do and then you're ready that's so cool would you use your phone or you would just try to to keep it og with the i've actually captured a lot of crazy stuff on my phone just using the recorder there. I mean, your phone, especially an, an Apple phone, has a phenomenal 3D mic on it. Bryce, do you have a go-to um, any equipment that you would use? I think I'm like a pretty, I'm like a very basic person. I, I think the recorder probably is like, I like being able to go back. But like I said, when I'm like in, like when we were at the East West Players Theater, mm -hmm. I kind of was just like observing. I felt like a I don't know, a deer just like looking around and like waiting for like what was going to happen. The flashlight was his friend. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's really just like, oh, no. But I like being able to like anything that you can go back and kind of like pour over, whether that's like video or recorded sound. I think that's like more the avenue that I appreciate because again, it's like I can kind of, when I'm in the moment, it's very difficult for me to like process quick enough what's happening. But if you can kind of go back and be like, oh, I kind of remember and like here and what was that and kind of link your stories together and see like what I think corroboration is like one of the most important tools. Like I felt this. What did you feel? Does that feel? Yeah. Like it matches up with the history that we know. Like those things to like kind of check and balance yourself, I think are my preferred. But I like everything. Like we've been on a couple like the little spheres. I'm like, these are adorable. Like I. <laughs> I'm down for anything. <laughs> I know a lot of people love whenever I go on investigations with other people, especially people that don't have a lot of tools, they always want to know what tools I have. It, they want the bells and whistles. And unfortunately, like when it comes to like 
you know, doing legit paranormal investigations, like all you do need is just a camera, a recorder, a flashlight, and maybe a K2 device, and you should be okay. Um, the there is, is one like, research. Someone is coming into your house like all the time <laughs> and being like, can you like talk into my phone? Can you 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 talk into my phone? Show me that you're here. Are you in my phone? This is my house. Like, get out. <laughs> so I think there is an element of like, less is more. Yes. We, yes. And all these devices are incredible, but like, some of these places, you like, right? Everyone goes to the Roosevelt, and I love it. It's one of my favorite places in Hollywood. The history there, the architecture, the drinks are really good. Like, it's incredible. But, like, let's say whatever you actually believe, if Marilyn's ghost really does manifest there, I bet mean, get the fuck out of my room. Sorry, we can put this swear out. I'm so sorry. But, like, at a certain point, like, these people, if they're just constantly like, like, whatever it ends up being. So, I think. Yes, there are a lot of really cool tools that you can use. You don't have to if you don't not want a lot or of you people, can't afford it. Not a lot of people know how to use it properly Yeah, or can explain to me the specs of it. That's the worst part. Uh, yeah, like when you go to a place like a Roosevelt or any place, I remember I went to, I can't remember the name of the hotel, but I remember seeing, oh yeah, it was, um, oh my God, where was it? It was somewhere in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh my God, I just oh. <laughs> totally slipped my mind, but um. I, I remember like there are a group of people doing a, a tour there and they had their K2s and they were freaking out because the K2s were at red. And I said, guys, turn off your phones. And when they did, it stopped making all the lights because they had their phones on then they were recording. And after I told them to turn off the phone, it stopped blinking. And they're like, oh, man, <laughs> like. Why'd you have to go do that? I'm like, because like, like this is not accurate. This yeah. is the way to do it. Yeah, they would have thought that place, the whole place was haunted when they right. were haunted. <laughs> their phones haunted are haunted. That's what it was. And look, the only, the only reason I even bring that up is because not that you, if you have those things or want to get those things, like that's incredible. Like I want everyone to pursue their hobbies and their passions yeah. to the fullest degree, but don't let it keep you out like you're not being priced out or like you're not serious enough just because you go with an open mind and open eyes like that's enough some of our favorite we do like listener stories where they will you know send their experiences and we'll talk about them and some of the most incredible stories that we've been gifted with frankly from our listeners are people who were children who were in the woods, who were not expecting or looking for. Yes. And they have full body apparitions, family members, and all these beautiful, scary, funny stories when they weren't necessarily like expecting them. So yes. it's not it's not a net requirement. It is fun. The tools are fun, but mm-hmm. it's, true. it's a whole wide open world. I think that's a huge part of it, too. I feel like how Tammy kind of said before, it finds you. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of times you kind of have the perfect opportunity to go somewhere last minute and maybe you don't have your equipment and just kind of going in with an open mind. Um, yes. and things can happen. Truly. Absolutely. Do you guys have any favorite, and I know this is a very broad question, but any like favorite spots in LA or places that, that you keep, it keeps calling you back time, oh, and, time, again. time and time again. Um, personally, I absolutely love going to, um, 
Like I want to go back to the East West Players Theater. Mm. I want to go back and re-research again. And I also want to go back to um, the Heritage Square. That's another place that I, I always find calls me because I've had some pretty unique experiences and I love the people that work there and I love the history and the stories of those houses. But I would say the East West Players Theater and the Heritage Square. Mm-hmm. And Tammy, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were just on Ghost Adventures, right? For yes. Your- That's awesome. Do you want to thank you yeah i shot two episodes with them because i had experiences at the barclay and i had a huge experience at heritage square um so just to preface um our listeners for the longest time notice how ghost adventures would kind of copy the places that we would cover on our podcast because Mm -hmm. we like to talk about places that are off the beaten path and I've had a lot of people recently reach out and say, hey, do you know the people of this place? You Or what other places do you recommend that are not like, that are beyond the Queen Mary, the Roosevelt, and all these repetitive places that we heard about? And I'm like, yeah, because there's so much more outside of Hollywood. There's so many places like that are in Pomona, Riverside, and even here in the Valley. But um, yeah, I was invited to be on the show of Ghost Adventures for their Heritage Square episode because I had an experience in one of the houses there. I, it was one of those things where I was not looking for an experience. I was there to work. I knew that those houses had stories, but this was such a beast of a film. Mm. It was a horror film. It was a horror anthology. And we had rented the entire square for two weeks. Mm. And I was based out of the Hale House, which is the green purple multicolored house for two weeks I was in the second level and no one is usually ever allowed on the second level and for some reason they had wardrobe there and (laughs) I had fun of course dressing up Jacob Elordi of Euphoria he was in the movie so and he was such a freaking sweet beautiful guy complete skeptic didn't believe in ghosts he was like I don't believe this place is haunted here's a knock that's just the win (laughs) but in an Aussie accent. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> but when I was there um, and I tell the story, um, they didn't put it on there, but um, uh, I was working one night on the second level of the Hale house. I was sewing these pants and um, they had to be ready the next morning. We were ready to shoot at 7 a.m. And um, this actor who had originally sent me his sizes from 20 years ago was not the size that he was of that day that I was trying to fit him in the pants so I was like trying to add this gusset it was like it was it was insane and I was there to work right I had my sewing machine facing the doorway and I kept on hearing what sounded like running and laughter outside of the door and I thought it was a PA but I was like no they're in the octagon across from me like the whole team is there because they're trying to get the final shoot done. Like they were stressing in this house. And um, my assistant was there. And I mean, it was quiet in the square, except for the Octagon house. So I got up and I was like, is anyone there? No one answered. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'm going to go back. Like my focus was to get this done. It was 1130. I needed to go home and sleep. Whatever five or six hours we had turn around. And um, once again, I could hear running and then um, I'm texting my assistant. I'm like, hey, are you is someone in the Hale house? Did they need any help? And she's like, everyone's here. No one has left. And I said, OK. And I could see in the corner of my eye, I see this little head kind of like go like that. 
like peeking in and out of the doorway. And I'm like, what in the hell? And it was the height of a child. It reminded me of my niece and nephews whenever they would play hide and go seek with me when they were seven or eight. And it just the feeling that I got was precocious. Mm. That's the best word I could describe. Like whatever was there was playing with me and it was precocious. And um, and I just got up and I said, whatever's here, let me work. Like, I know <laughs> that you exist. Jacob Elordi will not wait for us. Exactly. I was like, it's too you beautiful. Could, if you were, you know, a child laborer back in the day. You could sew this these pair of pants for me. You could do it. But in the meantime, like, you got to let me work. And it was just quiet. And then all of a sudden, I got this feeling like whatever was out there was now in the room with me watching me. Mm. And I was just, like, sewing this pants, just like, okay, like, you could watch me. And I remember two days later, I was going through the second floor. We had a bit of a break. And something called me to one of the rooms. They had a couple of rooms closed. Mm. And they told us not to go in, which I respected. But I was like, something told me to go and open one of the doors. I opened one of the doors as a child's room. And there were no children from my from what I, my understanding was of the Hale house. I know there was a woman there. I think uh, who was it? Lucy or Lizzie Hale that lived there. Hmm. Her presence is felt. But people have said, no, there's children and ghosts there. They've been known to run and laugh and people have seen them and hmm. heard them. But when I went into this room, it was a children's room because a lot of people donate a lot of antiques to Heritage Square. Mm -hmm. So I think they're donating a lot of things with energy and a lot of things with attachments. I mean, there was a child's bike, a ton of children's dolls, mm -hmm. clothing, um, books and shoes that looked worn. And even when I was there shooting the episode, I was speaking with the director of Heritage Square and I told her my experience. She's like, oh, you saw those fuckers? Yes. They are <laughs> fucking pain in my ass. When I'm trying to close, I hear them run on the second level. <laughs> They're annoying. So I'm like, okay, so it wasn't going crazy. She's like, no, I, I, I know exactly what you went through. That's what people have seen and heard. That's wild. She's like, yeah, same time. Yes, <laughs> but for people wondering how was Zach Baggins, he was fine. He was actually pretty decent. He's in a zone. When he's in the zone, he's in the zone. He's the boss man. Um, he only goes there, I think, from six to eleven thirty to investigate. It's not an overnight. He leaves Aaron and Jay to do the rest of the work to do the rest of the interviews. But for the most part, they're all pretty decent. They're all pretty nice. Um, they all work really hard to get out of there by a certain time. And I loved Aaron very much because he yeah. was just a big teddy bear. Um, he is a big conspiracy theorist. Like when we were talking about <laughs> flat earthers, like how crazy their you know thought processes are of the earth being flat. And of course, Bigfoot and extraterrestrials like he was all about that life so yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah yeah the whole gamut yeah the whole gamut but and jay was really sweet and very quiet and i spoke to zach for a couple of minutes too he was just really wanting to learn more about heritage square and 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 such um and such things that would happen there especially the festivities of um like what, what was it um midsummer scream or the spectacular sales that they would have so yeah it was really really cool yeah, that's awesome. It's been on my list of places to go, but I never it never fit with the schedule. And I saw the one thing you posted and 
when you were going to be there and it didn't work, but hopefully. Yeah, we had our our live show there and it was amazing. And we had tours that followed after the show so people can get experiences on their own. And I think some people did in the Octagon house. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really cool place regardless. Like it's very different and yes doesn't feel like you're in la and it doesn't no it's really it's really awesome they do a good job that's awesome um bryce do you have any any favorite locations or a place that seems to just kind of pull you back well there's like this mcdonald's down the street (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah like those those egg mcmuffins are not gonna eat themselves um uh yeah i mean it's hard because it's also one of our more recent ones. So it's like, do you just have like that as your favorite because it's so new? But the uh, East West Players was really special. The history of that building, yeah, of that community, of the way that the community has kind of reclaimed quite a dark part of LA's history uh, through the internment camps and the r- removal of Japanese families from that area through that building specifically. To now turn it into a theater that's telling Asian American Pacific Islander stories as a way to talk about what happened, reclaim that history, reclaim that space. It's just really special um, what they're doing artistically there that it just like really touched me. Um, This isn't a huge theater town, obviously. So anyone that is doing those kinds of things. I just think it's really important work to like ground this city in reality and in history, even the parts that are like not great, frankly. Um, so that one's definitely going. And then we did also have such like incredible experiences there with the paranormal, but just again, like the space is just like beautiful and historical and amazing. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, that's like, Again, it's like the most recent one. So I'm like, I loved it. Like, okay, we get it. You've been to Disney World like one time. Like, it's fine. And that's awesome, especially with all of the theaters. Like you said, it's not a huge thing right now, but there is much history with all the abandoned theaters from downtown to Hollywood to, you know, even off the beaten path that are like abandoned and have so much energy. Oh, all theaters are haunted on God. Like, there's it's just so much energy there. And there's a reason we all have ghost lights. And you yeah. need. Um, to yeah. find a way to get into the Pacific Theater. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to go in there so bad. Yes. Please include me on your investigation. It's like, yes. I know. If we ever get in, because we will put that energy out there, we'll we'll bring you to. <laughs> Um, and that's one of the things I love most about you guys is just the authenticity and yeah. the engagement with the people that interact with you guys on your social media, TikTok, say, hey, check out this place that no one has ever investigated before, which is like mm. the coolest thing. But and then you you come to realize that so many people have had experiences within those certain places. Like oh, yeah. I I was loving what you posted with the Walmart in the valley. Yes. <laughs> so cool. I actually was at that Walmart like it was there and i was like oh my god how cool i know you're haunted by their low prices and their spectacular haunted decor and for their halloween and their their door greeters they are relentless yes oh yeah well there is a like i said before we love to tackle these stories that especially places and even cities and locations that are off the beaten path like there is this beautiful camaraderie of people or like these fans of their own cities. Mm. You know, when I talk about, when we talk about Riverside, when we talk about Pomona, yes. and when we talk about San Fernando, 
There's mm-hmm. so many people that come forward and they're like, yeah, thank you for representing my city. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Hell yeah, I remember going to that high school. Hell yeah, I know mm-hmm. that that Walmart in Panorama City. Mm-hmm. The, there's so many memories that people share with you growing up in these places, whether you know they're from the 60s to even now. It's really beautiful to have that you know shared on your page. That's what we're all about. It's just the shared experience. That's awesome. And there's a lot of vulnerability there too, because mm-hmm. I tons, yes. One halfway and you ask them, they're meeting you being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and they may not even have a direct experience, but I've noticed that they know someone who has had this experience mm-hmm. in their house. And this person knows someone there. And it really just creates this genuine network of people who can connect with one another. Which yeah. is awesome. And that's the thing is like ultimately everything comes down to community in life and as silly as it sounds like in death like we are stories and we are the communities around us like that's really all we have and so to watch as we explore these places like that's the thing that we get the most out of is like oh here's these people who are proud of where they are are proud of the stories of the heritage i don't know we're very lucky that people have been as generous as they have and continue to be with their stories because that's like all we have in the end like everything else is sort of like doesn't matter frankly right and even different guests that you've had on your podcast i know that you covered a couple different locations that i have never even heard anything about Mm. places being haunted um like in burbank or the mirror mile I don't know if you if you guys want to talk about just a little bit about either of those places or other places that maybe someone has never heard of being haunted before. Oh, yeah, there's so many places and off of Miracle Mile, for example, glad you brought that up that (laughs) I mean, people have claimed to have had like weird experiences, especially where is it? The I think it's called the Gaylord Apartments. And then um, I remember when I was researching and I told Bryce, I was like, Bryce, I'm going to share the story I found on Yelp in regards to these apartments. And it's a ghost story. And it even dates back to like the early 2000s. And this guy is like, I am not a believer of ghosts, first and foremost. Yeah. I'm just this poor actor trying to make it here. And now I got to deal with this weird thing happening in my apartment. But here's my story. And I'm like, this is yeah. pure gold. You know, and if you think about it, early 2000s, That was just the birth of, you know, ghost adventures and ghost hunters Mm -hmm. earlier than that. But that's when, you know, the paranormal was just like just about to turn mainstream. You know what I mean? So for someone to go on there and share like this apartment is haunted, then I mean, that says a lot. And like we said, like when it comes to Los Angeles, there's layers and layers of history. And um, when you think of Miracle Mile, you see all these new developments coming in because Ellie does this wonderful thing where it likes to bulldoze um, historical places and build some pretty un- unaffordable housing. And, yeah. um, you know, I feel like a lot of that energy gets disrupted and it manifests in certain ways. But there's so many other places around there that have so many stories um, like what is it? The I think it's the uh, Academy Museum. The Hollywood Academy Museum, and then you also have the Car Museum. Pretty historical places that are now turned into museums or unaffordable apartments. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing too is like some of like, like I said earlier, like in Burbank, you kind of mentioned like when Tammy was getting, like she was just going about our lives. You know what I mean? Like she was getting a sewing machine repaired, 
at a sewing machine shop, like that's not a ghost hunt. Mm-hmm. And yet some of the most like intense stories from that area are like this shop and this guy that they knew that worked there that died one day. Like that's just Frank. a group of people. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's just a group of people working, living their lives together. And yeah, ultimately it did become like a ghost story because like, you know, if you follow us on Instagram, there's maybe potentially pictures of him in tame and sunglasses, like in the reflection and uh, you know, they were talking about seeing him in the shop and his presence still being felt by his coworkers after he had passed. And like, ultimately, that's just like a group of people who knew this person who are keeping his memory alive and honoring his spirit still being around there. Like, it's not always this big, like, like, look, I want to see the nun as much as everybody, which is like <laughs> crazy to me. I don't know why it looks so good to me because normally I'm like, ooh, scary movie. No, but it looks so good. Like, but it's not always like that. It's not always like Patrick Wilson coming in and like looking beautiful and like solving your like thousand year old murder crime. Like that's not usually how it is. It's these stories just in. But we could daydream thing. about it, right? Yeah, obviously yes. I'm going to daydream about it. Come on. But, <laughs> you know, it's these stories, just these little communities that are literally peppered throughout the city. So those, I think, have like such a special place. Yeah, you're not going to see your, You're not going to hear about these on like a huge investigation because there's not that much like there's a guy that worked at this shop and he still wants to be around his friends exactly really lovely that was a crazy story yeah. it's just like yeah that's when it looks for you man and at that time <laughs> i was doing a lot of investigation specifically at david omen's house so mm. i'm trying to think and research more like when you enter a place that has a, a high level of emf are you like charge yourself like are you becoming this big walking K2 meter yourself that attracts all these spirits? Because I remember like before that happened, I did two investigations in the same week at his house and just feeling so drained and a bit dizzy like the day after, kind of like a paranormal hangover. But I read and realized, oh, that's the after effects of high EMF. And that's crazy because a lot of times, at least myself, we would look externally at the conditions rather than what you may be experiencing physically. Yes, exactly. And I think there's this podcast called The Lifestylist by Luke Story, and he has done some pretty in-depth episodes um, in regards to the studies of the hazardous um, effects of EMF and how people have been affected living in places that have high high levels and readings of it it can it's been known to affect one's mind one's ability um physical ability and so on and so forth so i mean it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting to look into it a little more scientifically mm. mm-hmm. yeah i could see that i don't want to take up too much of your guys's time but a couple things i do want to touch on really quick um, I love all the work that's being done to support the Marilyn Monroe house and Marriott Street, which I just saw. If you want to talk a little bit about that, and not only are you sharing stories of history um, and bringing people together with paranormal experiences, but also saving and preserving history, too. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of talked about it and like our podcast is turning to like, and I'm, I'm so proud of this, like, and I want this, like, I want this whole city on fire, basically, like. <laughs> but we're basically like a save the blank podcast now because the city it 
it's massive. You just can't fully understand how big it is and like how unplanned this was. Like this is not like now it is now it's one huge mega city, but originally it was like nine separate cities that were connected by some of what of the highway system is there, but this was never the plan. Like this happened and everyone's like, Oh shit, we should have planned for this. So the city does move very quickly and there's a lot of bureaucratic machinery that happens. Uh, and we're in the middle of a housing crisis, like people and it's everywhere. I know that it's not just LA, but we're watching it in LA and it's really accelerated because the real estate market here is insane. Like you, I literally don't even think you could find a house anywhere within the County. That's like less than a million, unless you're just like so far out. And that sounds crazy, but that just is the way it is. And there's like these conglomerates that are just buying everything up. Like it is very much like a machine just eating the fern gully forest. Like, and so it's this weird thing where like, wait, wait, we need to like slow down. And with the Maryland house, with Olvera street, like these are places that are important and that make our city feel special. Like nowhere else has these. We cannot just literally bulldoze them over or put in another like, condo like why are we doing this and like we with the maryland one it was such a lovely experience because we found such a ally in the city councilor and that was like an example of it working very quickly that is the outlier unfortunately in my opinion yes um you know history shouldn't be bulldozed or buried and you know it's a big message not only to the city and the people here but it's also to other creators to do better you know, for uh, all these creators showed up at the house doing videos and it's like, I didn't see a call to action on your behalf until it benefited them. You know, now it's now it's important that it's saved. And, you know, what if it wasn't saved? And that is something, too, that I'm, we're trying to stress about Olvera Street. And that's something I wanted to talk about real quickly. We just covered an episode with Spooky Foodie because she is doing a very beautiful job. Ansley Lane. Yeah, she's, she's boots on the ground for sure. Yes. Ansley Lane. I think she's being guided by something there. And I told her, I think you're being guided by Christine Sterling, who was the one that had the vision for Olvera Street in the 30s. And um, then you have Consuelo Castillo de Bonzo, who was also part of her ally. And, you know, they built that street. Two hardworking women. Yes. One that knew how to use her white privilege. Unfortunately, you know, yes, it was a white woman that helped bring the street and bring Mexican culture and heritage to Angelinos to give them a taste of what was originally here in the city. And, um, you know, we're talking about the closure of La Golondrina, which is a Mexican cafe that's been around since the 30s. The place where it sits has been around for almost 200 years. And this is a place where L.A. This is like L.A.'s first roots. You know, this is a whole location where L.A., Rue. And to see that being dwindled away by the city that wants to tear it down and turn this area into a gondola. They want to put some weird water structure and gondolas so they could transport people to and from the LA Dodger Stadium to this location and put in some new restaurants, put in some new high-rise living um, situations there and it's not going to look like it was and that's not how it should be 
Um, the Gomez family are trying to raise money. I'm looking at the GoFundMe right now. I've been eyeing it all day. And I don't want to get so emotional, but it's at like close to $9,000. It's so great when people actually come together and help because this is so important. And we have to work together to keep this stuff alive because it's not going to be here anymore to share the stories of those that are no longer here. Well, thank you so much for using your platform and using your voice for these monumental changes. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And Ansley, I, I have to give it up to her. Like, yeah, she's... She really has been doing such a great job and she's gone to the council meetings. Like she's gone to speak her piece for to her two minutes that she has. And finally, I think it was like Secret Los Angeles shared her video. And now we're finally having the LA in a minute guy doing a piece on it finally. So it's like we need more people to come forward and yeah. spread the word more. And that's the thing is like, I, it's hard because like I had said, we had just talked about the Marilyn Monroe mansion. So it's just like, you just feel like you're just being bombarded and I get it. Like it is exhausting. That's, I love the idea of like resisting. You just don't have to let yourself get bowled over. You don't always have to be like pushing, attacking, aggressing. It's exhausting. We also have to like take care of ourselves. But once you know that these things are happening, like you can't just like close your eyes to it. And I think unfortunately the city is very good at that. I mean, we see it every year on a macro scale, like, okay, it's time for award season. Like let's cover everything with a carpet. And and that this is like how beautiful it always looks. And it's just not real. It's not real. And so we, you know, I've been here for almost 14 years. We are not, we just aren't allowed to just close our eyes and let that happen without at least fighting and at least like supporting these people who came before us and who are still trying to preserve what makes this city special. Like we just can't close our eyes to that. So uh, yeah, again, like Ainsley is so good at like, she found out about this, that this was happening and like, she's working so hard and you know, the once you know, you can do better and hopefully this momentum will continue and hopefully the city will do the right thing like that's ultimately what it comes down to is like the city just needs to understand that like they work for us period yeah and i just want to share the gofundme link to help the gomez family if you go to gofundme.com it's help us beat the city of los angeles and open or if you just write la colondrina on the search engine it will take you to this page and they're trying to raise twenty thousand dollars for lawyers fees um they just need 20 grand to pay their lawyer to help fight a good fight against the city because they have a really good case and they could win and they could keep this place open and alive so we can celebrate more anniversaries more birthdays more celebrations of dia de los muertos um, more wins of our la dodgers so i mean i've seen people go and celebrate those wins there all the time and I remember going there after my first Los um, LA Dodger game too, so it's so memorable. So many. That's why I get so I get so emo about it. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. but that's what it takes. Honestly, like I said, you guys are doing an amazing job, and hopefully, the city wakes up and really. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, just to to close it up, what's next for Holly Weird Paranormal? Where do you guys do you have any in, in, investigations planned? Mm-hmm. And you'd like to go or you don't have to share too much but 
Um, right now, um, at the moment, no. I mean, Bryce and myself have been involved in other personal projects and endeavors. Um, it's kind of crazy because like this organic shift of our podcast occurred with the Marilyn Monroe house. It's like, yeah. well, we have a voice. Can we try to use it to, you know, do a call to action? Let's not just talk about haunted places yeah. and, um, these, you know, places that are off the beaten path, but let's try to like help preserve them, you know, let's yeah. try to like work on this. And I think that that's something cool that we're, we're, we've been really working towards is like, let's work with the city. Totally. And it's ghosts, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Bryce has been busy. Uh, I will brag. He's been doing wonderful with his mm, so theater sweet. company, The Dragonfly. And now he's yeah. going to be in a show called Rant, which will premiere in October. And yeah, I, I always say like October. I'm just like, what is happening? It's so busy and chaotic, but in the best possible way. Yeah. And I'm just doing more social media stuff. I'm just, I just love creating content and telling stories. Hey. Yeah. You guys so much. I had the best time having us. You're so sweet. As always, it's a party with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Where can my listeners um, find your social media, website, whatever you guys want to plug? Oh, gosh. You can find us everywhere. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Hollywood Paranormal and the former, you know, social media <laughs> website of Twitter, now X, HWP Podcast. We're also on threads under Holly Weird Paranormal as well. We have a website, hollyweirdparanormal.com. You can read more about myself and Bryce and get caught up on past episodes. And we have our merch store and our Patreon page there as well. And you can listen to our podcasts wherever you get podcast fix on Amazon, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Perfect. And I'll link that all in the caption of the episode as well. Yeah. Thank you, guys. That was thank so much. Uh, thank, thank you. So you. Much. So sweet. Since we're going to be posting this on our end, too, Tim, where can people hear your podcast? Because yes. you have amazing interviews with yes. people in the community, spiritualist mediums, and other you know amazing people who investigate as well. Well, thank you so much. So my podcasts are available on all major streaming services, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Tim Roddy, the podcast, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts are the main ones. Um, I also give promos for my episodes and new releases on my Instagram and Facebook at Tim underscore Roddy. Love it. <laughs> I'm so excited for you guys. All the good work that you're doing and what's to come. And Bryce, awesome job on your, uh, not audition, but your rehearsals. Oh, anyway. thank you. So I was like, I don't know. What do they do? What do they do? Awesome. Thank you so much. He's doing it. He's yeah, acting in Los Angeles. Really doing it. No. At tour. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys have anything uh, fun planned for the rest of spooky season? Oh, at the moment. No. Oh, that's my dog. That's the little puppy. I'm, I'm babysitting, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Who, by the way, just decided to, um, we had some old um, floorboards. So now she just totally. Puppies. <laughs> they really are. They really are. We um, just have a plethora of just like um, interviews for October yeah. and maybe a couple of spooky events planned. Yeah, I'm going to see a friend's show mm -hmm. tomorrow, which I'm terrified. So I'll be live updating that, I'm sure. But it's like interactive. Oh, and, and the peppy. No, a little too. Yes. So what is your friend show tomorrow? And I'm like trying to like prepare myself. Like it's going to be scary. You're going to be fine. It's fine. Uh, and then, yeah, just like a bunch of Halloween parties and birthdays. And the show opens in a couple weeks. And I'm officiating a wedding at the end of October. Like, I don't know. Whatever. 
You have a really busy month. It's gonna be crazy. He does. I know. I'm gonna get to November and be like, "Don't talk to me." Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll also be doing a bit of a spooky travel in October as well. I can't give out too much information, but it will be. It will involve some haunted places in the Midwest that I'll be traveling to. So, yes. Well, I love staying updated with with you guys and seeing what you have going on. And if you're ever looking for someone to to go on an investigation with, let me know. I'm always Absolutely. down. Absolutely. Stop yeah. to grab coffee whenever. Yes. Yeah, Definitely. <laughs> yes, we have to. Thank you so much, Tim. Ooh.